Hello person, this is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. This is kind of a long audio thing for you today. It combines the seven audio diaries that I recorded from February to July of 2015 about Oralite 23. I'm doing a new thing uh, every month for a while to do a featured stone or crystal. I energetically charge stones, meaning just like a, if I were to do energy work on a person, but I put it into a crystal or a stone and then that crystal or stone functions as a battery giving off the empowering healing energy often channeled from Jehudi and or Metatron, the Ascended Master and Archangel respectively with whom I work. <clears throat> All that info is on tdjacobs.com on the crystals page. Um, but Orlite 23 is the future crystal for the month and I, I've reconnected with it uh, in May prepping for this kind of education outreach effort for June. So I went back and listened to these old audio diaries. Six of them, the first six, have been on my website on the Oralite 23 page. The seventh one, I had marked for, sound, for SoundCloud. Oralite Diary, Diary number seven. For, and I was like, oh, what is this? I listened to it again, and it was just me reconnecting a few weeks later and, and offering more info. So all of those seven audio diaries are collected here in this single MP3. Uh, and again, the seventh one, nobody's heard before but me. The idea of doing a feature for the month is to teach you about it, to kind of spur me to develop more educational materials about the crystals uh, that I'm offering and the energetic process that I that I go through with them and, and how I create them to be healing tools, um, and also to, to thereby collect uh, materials on each of the crystals so that I can refer people to them later. So, so um, Oralite 23 is one of the highest vibrating stones I've ever worked with. Uh, to some degree, Larimar is also high vibrating, but honestly, this year, a few months ago, I had to go back to Oralite 23 to heal what was coming up from the Larimar. So, so Oralite 23 is, is incredible, uh, as you'll hear in some of my... Um, insights and perspectives from my experiences uh, in 2015 from, from working with it. I have come back to it, as I said, in May, and so I'm going to continue blogging. I don't know how much more new audio I'll do on this. I think this is a, a great deal of info here on Oralite 23, uh, but I'm definitely going to talk about living with it, sleeping with it um, uh, in the blog, uh, taking it on walks, taking a piece in each hand and going on a walk for an hour. and. Um, also holding it, doing the same thing in the sauna uh, in our house, and also drinking energetically charged water, like charging a bunch of kyanite, or um, uh, not kyanite, uh, or like 23 pieces, and then putting one in water and putting spring water in it and drinking it every day for a couple weeks. So I'm going to talk about that more in my blog. So anyway, this month, during June of 2016, when you get an Oralite 23 piece from me, you're also going to get for free the 40-minute channeled meditation I did a couple weeks ago specifically for Oralite 23. After June of uh, 2016, there'll be an extra charge for that. Just a little promotional thing uh, to inspire you. If you, hear, if, you, if you hear what you like, and you like what you hear in this MP3, uh, go see the pieces on my site and know that you'll get a 40-minute channeled MP3. It's Ascended Master Jehudi, also known as Thoth, St. Germain and Merlin. And um, I was talking to him, and he said, uh, you know, when I was hanging out with these Oralite 23 pieces all day, he said, you know, you could um, develop specific courses for each crystal. And I was like, whoa, what does that look like? And I've had that idea before, um, but he said, sit down and meditate, and I'll tell you. 
and at some point um i i felt so amazing from these and i felt so connected to him and so connected to um higher wisdom higher truth um some people might say connected to the soul or connected to the wisdom of guides and just kind of really feeling so in tune with it i turned on the recorder and recorded this 40 minute channeled mp3 that i'm happy to get to you so you can check all that out at tdjacobs.com and the last thing i'll say is um uh i mentioned kyanite because it was on my mind um kyanite is a blue uh crystal a blue stone it's actually kind of very fragile and um delicate and it breaks up easily if it's not polished really well and um there is an application for working with trauma with Oralite 23, blue kyanite and Oralite 23 for working with the trauma that comes up that sweeps you away or that that gets, you know, that those fears under the surface when they take over and you feel incapacitated or debilitated. And I'm going to talk more about that in my blog during this month. And I do have blue kyanite. I, I made sure to stock up. So if you get an Oralite 23 and also want a blue kyanite, there'll be a little extra charge. Um, but I have those available and can teach you how to work with that. So I hope you enjoy uh, these audio uh, diaries, all seven. It's kind of a long MP3, but I wanted to, to collect all of those insights into one place. Take care of yourself, and thanks for your time and energy. Here is audio diary number one. So this is a little bit of an audio diary from using, after using this, the uh, Auralite 23 for a week, Auralite 23. And I bought two handheld pieces, one a little bigger than the other, uh, from from a new friend, Ross, at the uh, at the uh, Tucson Gem and Mineral Show about a week ago. Today is uh, February uh, 16th. And um, I had them next to my pillow on my bed. And the first few times I slept with it last week, I noticed that I slept very peacefully, and I, I don't want to say I don't usually sleep peacefully, but I noticed when I woke up feeling peaceful. Often, if I sleep well, I tend to have dreams, and dreams are uncomfortable. I don't actually like having dreams often, because, um, or most of the time I really don't like it, because there's this weird sense of foreboding, or there's tragedy, not like they're literal, straight-up nightmares, but there's this sense of bad things are happening. And this is, I perceive, just stuff creeping up from my, you know, my subconscious, my unconscious with Pluto and Neptune's house, Pluto in the 12th house, sextile Neptune, conjunct moon Mercury. So I, I feel like there's just stuff always trying to come up from under the surface that might be unhappy. And so I haven't, it's been years since I've kept a dream journal. Uh, Ten years ago when I was doing a lot of, studying intuitive stuff, I did write down dreams quite a lot. And there was a lot of magic in it. But then the last maybe, maybe, I don't know, seven or eight years, it's been, you know, basically since the Pluto square, Pluto started, <laughs> lots of stuff coming up. So, so my girlfriend's always talking about how she had an interesting dream, and she loves it. And I'm like, ah, you know, I listened to her, but like, you know, she says, did you dream? And I, I try not to mention it, because I don't, I don't, I don't dream well. So, with the Oralite 23, the first two times, one was a nap and then the next, that night, so so two back-to-back -back sessions, I woke up feeling very peaceful. And I felt like there was something kind of on the tip of my tongue, intuitively or mentally, and I didn't know what it was. And I said, this is really interesting, so I'm going to keep working with it and document that. And then over the next few days, I felt really, really strongly that I 
needed to go back to the gem show and buy more. <laughs> so um, that took a few days to make to, to actually happen. I think I bought it last Monday, and I, the first pieces, and then Sunday, the following Sunday, six or seven days later, I went uh, I went in to get more, and I ended up getting a bunch of small handheld pieces. So we would call them wands. They're rough. They're not polished. I may or may not polish them. But I got 33 of those. Um, it was quite an investment, but I'm really excited about it. Uh, I'm really excited about what they do, or at least learning about what they do. Um, so I, wa- I, I brought them home, and I played with them, took a photo for posterity, <laughs> and uh, uh, posted it. And then I put them in water to soak overnight because they were outside for weeks you know, here in the desert in Tucson. So just figured sand and grit and dirt. So I soaked them. And then I went to bed with those two pieces, uh, not next to the bed, this not next to the pillow, but next to the bed, just kind of on the floor next to the bed. And um, I had an amazing dream. I had a wonderful dream. And then I processed for like 45 minutes after I woke up what had happened and how I reacted to it. And it was really, and it was all about the Oralite 23. Just for context, I've been working with Charged Onyx or Black Agate or Onyx. Uh, we we tend to look at Black Agate and call it Onyx, but real Onyx is banded with colors in it, different colors or white. Um, but anyway, so I'm just kind of calling it Agate, you know, Onyx. Sorry, calling it Onyx. Um, so. That takes one down deep into plutonium issues. So I've been dealing with fear, fear and pain. Oh my God, I'm still not awake. With uh, fear and pain, I've been dealing with powerlessness and how to make the better decisions. And I've been dealing with all these intense plutonium things. And then putting that away, uh, so I'll have those in my pocket most of the day. Putting those away and then going to sleep and working with the oral light kind of indirectly. Oralite 23. I'm always going to forget the number because who's going to remember a number in the name of a crystal? Anyway, so um, the idea is called Oralite 23 because it's got uh, 23 uh, elements or 23 minerals in it. So it's mostly amethyst. You look at it, you think it's amethyst, but then it's got these weird color variations and little patterns. And that's, uh, you know, up at least 17 up to 23 in any given piece of those different things. And you can find a list of that online and as time goes, I'll publish that too. Um, so I, so it's a higher frequency, it's a higher vibration, it's more peaceful. It's not down in the depths, Plutonian, you know, in the emotional trenches of your past lives and all this stuff. So that's why it was kind of on the tip of my tongue intuitively or mentally because it was a different range of frequencies. So I had this dream where um, this this uh, w- when I was in high school I dated a I dated a girl uh, she, we were we were best friends for a while and and that turned into dating for not very long for a few months we were really close and I was really bummed uh, when that was when that was done and she didn't really want to have an inter- interaction with me and I think um, like regarding intimacy I'm the slowest person who ever lived uh, and I've had some girlfriends over the years who have been concerned that I'm not attracted to them because I'm not jumping on them or trying to get their pants as soon as possible (laughs) you know whatever venus and libra on the ascendant like i enjoy sensuality you know i I really enjoy the experience of connecting i don't need to like you know i do have mars in the first but i don't anyway i'm just a little slow about that and um you know she was the first girl i kissed i was the first boy she kissed and i think she felt because she could feel that mars and scorpio energy in me 
without having any idea what that is. But I think she felt a little threatened, and I think in her family there might have been just fears about, you know, men or boys taking advantage of women and girls. And so there was this fear thing. And so I wasn't aggressive at all, but she seemed to be really uncomfortable with that part of with that part of dating and that part of you know being in a relationship. And so I was really bummed when that when that was done, and she really didn't want to interact with me. And it was like Venus Pluto, like the door got the door got kind of slammed, and not in a nasty way, but there was just this wall up there, and I and I really was uncomfortable with that. Well, so lately I've been thinking about these relationship issues because my own Plutonian stuff involves Venus. In my own chart, Venus and Pluto are conjunct, which means they're next to each other. So as I work with the Onyx, a bunch of Venus stuff is coming up. So I've been asking, how can I understand relationship history? How can I kind of view this? And thinking about my relationship history and how it's unfolded and where I have felt I've had free will and choice and where I haven't. So, but all those details, all those memories, right, real world things, and knowing that, like, part of that fear was a religious conditioning thing in her family because her um, her parents didn't like me because I, I wasn't Christian. And so they didn't know if they could trust me. There's something about me they couldn't trust. They probably saw that I had Uranus in the first, and they just knew. <laughs> they just knew. They probably also saw that I have the asteroid Lucifer on my son, and that probably freaked, you know, just in feeling the energy of... Um, you know, a strong self-confidence, you know, to some degree, though it was not completely in place when I was 17. Um, so I think they wanted to think I was a good kid, but I think they couldn't really trust me. So anyway, there's this whole confluence of things with these memories and these details and these, you know, things. So this dream was where adults were like mid to late 30s, so like a few years ago. Um, and she's a single mom. She has two little kids, maybe like, maybe like four and seven, four and eight, something like that. And then we meet, we run into each other, and none of those details are in place. And we just enjoy talking, enjoy being around each other. And we hang out off and on maybe a couple times, three times a month for, for three months. And at the end of this three months, this is all in the dream, we are, we're holding hands and being just really mildly affectionate and just enjoying being around each other. And so that was great, right? This great. And I woke up and, and, the other thing about dreams that I don't often enjoy is that I often don't know I'm dreaming. So it's disconcerting, the things that happen, because I don't know they're not real. Like, I'm actually observing myself in the dream and thinking, how is this possible? Why would that happen? I don't like this. And it's this whole it's this whole thing, like, it's it's really ironic that I live my, my daily life multidimensionally, being really aware of past life things and inner kid things and subtle psychic things. But then when I'm dreaming, I don't know I'm dreaming most of the time, at least not the last, you know, six or eight years. So I don't like them. <laughs> so, but I, but I didn't know I was dreaming and this was really pleasant and, um, and, uh, just appreciation, just really appreciating each other. So I woke up realized it wasn't a dream. I felt my body and was like, oh yeah, this feels a little different because this is like a real body. Apparently I was dreaming. Okay. But I was in this mode of seeing what you would think of as a higher vibration or a higher level of that situation. It wasn't idealistic and idealizing. It wasn't imagining what I wish would have happened. This is the key to the, I think, to at least this this phase of my experience with the Oralite 23. I wasn't imagining something better. I was tapping into the highest vibration of the dynamic, which is appreciation. 
So then I woke up and I processed and I was thinking about it. And then I, re and then my brain said, oh, right. There was that whole fear about the religion thing. And she might've felt you were pushy, but you weren't, but you know, whatever there's fear about boys and girls and sexuality. And, um, then I realized my brain was trying to recall the facts and create a narrative that would have altered the meaning or the potential meaning of this dream, which was very pleasant. So I saw really clearly that my brain, and if I'm aligned with my brain and my brain is aligned with the details in the story that actually caused pain and division. So then I thought, well, is this my soul talking to her soul? Because that's possible. Or my soul, my soul or my my higher self talking to her guides and kind of making resolution and peace. And it wasn't like I was actually talking to her. I was actually, um, and maybe in some way it was, but it wasn't us. It was it was peop It was like a, on this frequency of appreciation, which is one of the love frequencies. So it was really interesting, and then I and then I I didn't have to stop my brain from trying to introduce that meaning, but I observed how normally I am aligned with that critical nature of my brain. That is normal for all people. I teach people how to come out of that. I can come out of it as well. But regarding that particular relationship dynamic and potentially others, you know, if I have more insights coming up about other relationships, just seeing that it's that it's it feels best to be aligned with the wonderful part of it, not in an idealizing head in the clouds way, but to really appreciate what is wonderful about it. So I had that 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 dream and I wanted to document that a little bit, collecting some experiences with Oral Eight Twenty Three, because this is this is brand new to me. And there's stuff uh you know, there's info on the web about it, but some of it's kind of some of it is kind of repeating other stuff and it seems not as helpful and it, it's just kind of like stuff about how wonderful, wonderfully um, spiritually evolving it can be. And I'm just like, yeah, that, that, that sounds great, but I, I want to figure out what it does for me. So that's this is the end of that. Uh, that uh, Oh, actually, one other thing related to that. I told my girlfriend about it at the end of this, at, at the end of this, like 40, 45 minutes of, of processing it. And I told her about it and told her what was wonderful about it. And I said, you know, maybe... That's the frequency that some people are tuned into when they feel hopeful and optimistic and they, you know, like, like, and I thought of another girlfriend, a past girlfriend uh, from my adulthood who had this gr really grounded sense of things are the way they are. She's a Pisces, so maybe that helps, <laughs> um, but, but she just had a, a sense of comfort, not, not every moment of every day, but she overall had an overarching sense of comfort that things are the way they are, things happen the way they need to. And that kind of peace that can come from faith. And so that started me on thinking about, you know, faith versus, you know. Anyway, and my girlfriend said, well, you know, there's a control dynamic. You know, it's like the opposite of control. And I realized that, I just realized how much of my day-to-day -day life and my inner mind, my narrative, right, my personal narrative, is defined by my Jupiter and Capricorn in the third, which is very mental and can be critical and very kind of a powerful mind that can be very critical and poo-pooing. I, I often think of it as being, I say something, I say stuff like, well, I don't want to poo-poo that, but here's my, what I think is a realistic assessment you may think is unfairly critical, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. But, um, you know, square Venus Pluto, Venus Pluto in the 12th need to have faith, need to surrender, they need to relax. Square Jupiter in the third, the control of the mind. 
So I got that insight today, and uh, I'm going to keep tracking and documenting this. It's easier to do it in an audio way, uh, especially if I am going to dream, kind of waking up and not feeling totally uh, on the planet quite yet. Next is audio diary number two. Today is February 18th, and this is uh, part two of the ORLA 23 diary. Uh, yesterday, I felt really kind of hyper and spun out toward the end of the day, and I thought it was from being so open because of the ORLA 23. So I, I carried Black Onyx with me, and um, was still kind of hyper toward the end of the day. And I actually drove, I drove my girlfriend and I to acupuncture and back, and I wasn't feeling totally qualified to do that. So I was grounded enough to do it, but I didn't have a lot of confidence. It's kind of a weird thing. So later that night, uh, when we got home, I decided not to... So I decided to put the Oralite 23 maybe in a closet, which is where the Shivalingam, Shivalingams and uh, a couple other things I'm really energetically aware of are. This closet outside the bedroom that I walk by but never go into, and we keep like a pillow <laughs> and an extra set of sheets in there. It's not, it's not used like a linen closet. So I decided to do that, but then when I actually got up uh, to the bedroom when I was done with doing subscriber stuff, done with my work for the day, when I got up there, I felt guided to sit down with it and meditate with it. So I did that for maybe half an hour, uh, one of the two big pieces that I purchased recently. And then I um, ended up holding it before I went to sleep, and then I had really peaceful dreams. I had two dreams before I woke up in the morning um, and felt really peaceful and I didn't know I was dreaming, which is great. And they were dreams like normal dreams. They were dreams such as other people would have. There, there wasn't fear. And, and one, there was actually a lot of confusion where I couldn't find what I was looking for and I knew I'd left it there and it was like 15 little things that I couldn't find. I was getting ready to go to a job and couldn't find anything that I was looking for and everything was out of place and I couldn't find my, the right clothes. and. The ones I found didn't match. It was just kind of this whole thing, but I wasn't stressed and upset about it. It just what it was what it was, which is what I expect dreams to be, not this, like, um, you know, Plutonian drama threatening to unfold itself in some kind of crazy storm, uh, but threatening and looming. So, uh, and I also just noticed in general over the last few days feeling much more open in various, uh, in various uh, energy centers and various chakras. And... Um, I just I just woke up, so it's not abnormal for my voice to be a little deeper, but I do I feel it much more relaxed in general, and I feel other energy centers in particular open and relaxed, which usually I have to work for. So, so that's been really interesting, and I and I soaked the uh, the the over 30 handheld pieces, the little wands that I'll make available to people. I soaked them for a couple of days to get the grit and sand from uh, Tucson, the Gem Show, off. And I dried them yesterday morning and laid them all out, and uh, there's just quite a lot of quite a lot of energy and potential in there. So, uh, so this is a, it's an interesting little experiment. Here is audio diary number three. This is a little Oralite 23 follow-up diary. Today is uh, Thursday, March 5th, 2015. And um, I think some of what, I, what I'm intending to say today, I, I covered in an earlier version, but I'm just giving an update now. It's been a week or two uh, since I recorded anything on it. And I've, I've spent 
several days with it at a time, including having it with me most nights, like next to the pillow or next to the bed. And I've also had it with me at other times, and I've, I haven't i have formally meditated uh, with the big piece that I have that feels really bonded to me. Um, but I've had it with me when I'm listening to things, when I'm doing some classes and during some readings, and even during a recent Soul's Journey radio show broadcast, to really notice what it what it does for what I'm focused on, like what my attention can train upon or can follow. So when I use Labradorite, that helps me hear behind what people are saying or, or to, um, you know, symbolic sight is engaged and activated and symbolic sight is seeing a cause of the thing while you see the thing. So it's seeing a thing and it's caused at the same time because I like repeating myself as well as saying things multiple times. Uh, <laughs> um, so I've had it with me. I've been doing that. Um, I even took it to acupuncture twice uh, in the last week and held it and, and actually did kind of formally meditate during that time. And um, what I've noticed is the, when I work with the the oh it was contrasting the labradorite thing with labradorite i can see the symbolic site i can see the cause of a thing in here and that helps me kind of very simply hear the difference between fear and faith or fear and love so negative and positive so i hear the words someone's using but i also get that vibrational their insight into the vibrational source so that's what the labradorite with the early 23 it's almost like i'm not attuned to the negative energy if what the person is saying is fear-based or in some way negative. So discerning with the Labradorite and then more able to train to or, or tune into the higher vibration with the Oral Light 23. When you read online about Oral Light 23, there's, there are all these magical, wonderful claims about it. And then I did find one site that said, we found a bunch of hoo-ha on the web about this, and we decided to talk to this crystal and talk, you know, and figure out what it is. And so they have their own little research project, um, and I uh, am doing the same thing here. But it really does seem to put my attention and train my attention to the positive. So when I use it for a couple days at a time, you know, more often than not, like having it with me at my desk or um, sleeping with it and kind of carrying it sometimes. Uh, it's almost a pound, so it's kind of an awkward thing to do, but I'm doing it anyway. It's 15 ounces. Um, I do notice that I'm a little more serene and I'm a little more peaceful because I'm not going back and forth according to a normal rhythm that the mind and our normal personalities go back and forth between positive and negative. So normally, if I have kind of a fear-based thought or a negative thought or a thought that, uh, including thoughts that, lead to control-based behavior or worry, these are fear-based behaviors, um, I can choose to come out of that normally. And that's something I've trained myself to do, not because my mind is powerful, because I catch the frequency and I say, well, I'd rather come from a different place. And I have over the last 11 years or so learned how to train myself to do that, again, more often than not. Not 100% of the time. I'm still a person. I still have a brain that has fears and worries. But with the Oralite 23, it almost edits the range of frequencies that I'm working with. So I think that, 
and I was just reading on another website, which reminded me to uh, to to pull this up. I'm gonna. It's really brief, actually, which was nice instead of these long, elaborate stuff. Uh, Heavenandearthjewelry.com is where I just found this, and it says uh, the properties. It says uh, you know found in the boreal forest of Canada. It's an amethyst-based crystal said to contain 23 different minerals. Right. Uh, healing energy. Oral 23 stimulates higher awareness and telepathic connection with one's guides and guardian spirits. Now, that part, I don't really need that. <laughs> but their kind of level of positive thinking to align with that more is what I need. So maybe for some people, this would actually help them hear that guidance and that, that higher wisdom better. It goes on, the link it provides to higher realms can instigate a process of inner purification, a release of patterns of anxiety, resentment, judgment, depression, and defeat. And that is what I'm talking about. That's perfectly worded. You know, a release of patterns of anxiety, resentment, judgment, depression, and defeat. I couldn't have said it better uh, with my, you know, what I've been experiencing. So like I say, this piece is kind of awkward to carry around. And I started hanging out with... Um, eight of the 33 pieces I bought at the Tucson Gem Show uh, last month. I hung out with them and I um, kind of put them on my desk when I was doing some other things and uh, doing some emails and reading about some different crystal stuff and and looked around again at what people were saying about Earl Light 23 and spent some time with them. And, and um, in order to charge them, I'm going to need to continue doing this purification process. So this will be, when I get to the point at which I can charge the Oralite 23, my voice will sound very different. My feeling in my body will be very, be very different because I need to go through this purification process. So I've started for sure. And uh, it's really nice to have not just a sense of, of optimism, which can come with pessimism, like we go back and forth sometimes, and sometimes if we attempt to go, this is what I really want to say about it right now, if we attempt to be optimistic, we may be actually pushing off of a pessimistic place, like pushing against it and choosing this positive thing. And that's fine. But my sense thus far is that with Oralite 23, it's different. It happens that way. It just makes that happen. It allows it or opens the door or enables it to happen in an effortless way. Just being, for me, it's resulted in being in the present moment with what's actually happening and having a certain kind of peace and serenity that I frankly rarely have. I mean, I have it. It often happens when I do a lot of heart-opening, compassionate work when I channel St. Germain and do energy work to open the heart and to soothe wounding, just, you know, to, to help people come out of some tense place or clear energy with a compassionate uh, energy. And uh, so I've had that experience. I know what that is and I can generate it. But this is just having this with me. It just changes everything. And I notice um, lately a lot more emails have been coming in. This is kind of a weird thing. But I think it's indicative of the fact that, well, I know some of them are things that people have been thinking of sending me, but I have been energetically vibrating that I'm unavailable. And I went through kind of a purging process with the onyx uh, that I've described elsewhere, where I really had to look at certain fears and angers and transform my relationship to them. And when that happened, this kind of started. And I noticed with the Oralite 23, I'm not 
worried about when I respond. It is what it is. Oh, there are 20 new emails? Okay. And that's a big change for me because I have this thing about being timely and trying to be, you know, proactive and whatever, this kinds of um, productivity-based modern corporate keywords. They're like somehow, they're somehow floating around in my bone marrow and they come out. It's karmic conditioning. I'm a south node in the 10th house, the house of Saturn. So kind of have this kind of like, you know, approach to that kind of stuff that that is uh, really focused on time and the clock. Oh, that's one of the other things that some people say about Oralite 23 is that it removes that clock, that ticking worry, and that uh, worry about time. So I'm definitely having that experience to some degree too. Audio diary number four starts now. Today is uh, Monday, March 9th, and this is uh, the Orly 23 Diary number four. Uh, I just woke up a little bit ago and was able to articulate something that I've been trying to understand since getting the Oralite uh, 23 uh, about a month ago. And part of the thing about these diaries is to figure out how I would articulate the effects given the hyperbolic uh, descriptions that you'll find online if you search for Oralite 23 about how it's this miracle. And um, I've definitely experienced wonderful things, as you've heard in the previous three uh, entries. So this morning, <clears throat> this morning I woke up... Um, and I, I don't. I, I definitely had a very vivid dream, but it was so disorienting that I don't really enjoy dreaming that often. Because during my waking time during the day, things are weird quite often. Things have this weird Neptunian film over them, and I have dissociative. Uh, periods and events and and things that that. I no longer try to control my conscious awareness 24-7. So channeling happens, mediumship happens. Uh, it's not out of control, but I no longer try to control my mind. So uh, the dreaming happens, and it's just wacky, and then I wake up, and I'm like, I spent all day yesterday being Neptune. This is confusing. So, so anyway, so I woke up in that space, and I don't remember the dream itself. I'm not trying to remember them right now. Uh, because I just wake up feeling disoriented and unhappy about being confused. But for some reason, I started thinking about this friend of mine from uh, my days in Los Angeles. We were close for maybe a year or so. And um, there's definitely, I definitely had a heart opening uh, toward her. But I was in this period in which... It seems like I, I couldn't get close to anybody, and there wasn't any relationship happening. And I found out at the end of that period that after I had moved, well, toward the end of that period, after I after L.A., after I'd moved to Tucson, I, I met an intuitive woman who I was doing a little 15-minute trade with at a psychic fair. And um, she saw something that I had suspected, which was that I had a spirit guide who was actively keeping me out of relationship when I was working on being in a relationship, and it was this 
thing to have me relive or re-experience feelings of isolation and loss and abandonment and just loneliness and disconnection from different lives so that I could heal it. But during the time, it was terrible. And I could see that the guide was doing this. This guide focused on relationships was actually keeping me out of relationships. I could see it, but I decided to give her the benefit of the doubt and say, well, you might be a little paranoid, Tom. Just don't focus on that. There do, guides can only help you. But what they help you do is sometimes go through things that are challenging. And so our perception of that and our willingness to have faith is, 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 is that issue. So, so I was close to this woman uh, in some ways during this time when uh, this four-year period, and I had a five-and-a-half-year period before, like several years before that, with a year-and-a-half break in which I dated two different women. Um, anyway, I'm trying, I've been trying for years to heal a bunch of relationship stuff, and this is part of it. And uh, in the intuitive skills development class, Saturday and Sunday in different classes, we worked on uh, Chakra 2. So I've been really trying to process some relationship things. So anyway, so I wake up and I'm thinking about uh, this woman, thinking about um, just all these different memories, all these different memories that up to now, uh, this would have been like 2007 and 8, something like that, that up to now... Uh, had a sting, like there was some there's some pain associated with that. And then of course the the frustration with the guide for uh, keeping me out of relationship would would come up, and that would smart. And then also the frustration with guides in general. But anyway, so I was running through all these memories, and I realized that last night I was in the kitchen uh, with Jillian, uh, my girlfriend now. And I gave her a little piece of Oralite 23 in case she could, to see if she could use it for a pendulum. She talked about making a pendulum, and I said, oh, well, these are, these have points on them. Is it? Yeah, but anyway, so um, she said, oh, doesn't that help you connect to your guides? And I said, well, I feel very connected to my guides, so let me, f I, I'm still trying to figure out what exactly that is. So that's what I was able to articulate this morning. So in the, in the middle you know, in the, in the face of that, those memories, um, I was able to not feel connected to my guides, because I already do, but to accept their logic, which is major. And I've been teaching people about this for years, doing it constantly in sessions and coaching sessions and readings and energy work and, and past life integration things. But for me to just peacefully accept the memories that go with that particular uh, f friendship from L.A. Um, and I didn't have, like, two memories. I had, like, 20 memories. You know, it's kind of like a little scrapbook or a little slideshow. Um, like, including doing a reading for her brother-in-law and being at, in that family's house and almost getting... Uh, I had the opportunity to get sucked into their, um, to their lives because... Uh, I was, at that point, very good at certain things, and their kid had a homework assignment due, and the tool was PowerPoint, and I was very good at that. And so they were prepared to hire me to, to help him, like to teach him something about this, to help him do this uh, presentation, whatever. And I just, 
I just didn't because I didn't want to get too involved. But um, anyway, all these memories, all these different memories that before would have brought up a sting, you know. Um, but the logic of the logic of guides is the logic of soul because guides only help us um, navigate our lives given the intentions the soul has set out. So in my case, I perceive that they've worked against me and I've been try really trying to heal that. And so a thought of, you know, a relationship or a near-miss relationship during that time, during those four years, and those almost 10 years actually total, the thought of that has been painful. And this morning I was just really peaceful about it. Not because, oh, well, now I have a girlfriend and everything's fine and perfect and whatever, and she she likes me. What, you know, not that, but just recognizing the truth of what was going on and being able to accept it now, you know, several years later. So, again, one of the things that people talk about with Oral 23 is that it helps you get closer to your guides or hear your guides or feel connected to your guides. And for me, and that may be true for some people, but for me, I always feel a presence of my guides. And right now, that's Archangel Metatron as a primary guide. And Jehudi tags along and tutors me quite often. And I kind of consider him a de facto guide. But that relationship guide and other guides aren't here anymore. Um, it's really it's really Metatron. And in my daily life, I can adapt to his logic because I see what he's doing and I accept it. And he introduced himself to me beginning in oh, 2004 late 2004 and it's taken me that long to until maybe three almost three years ago to get used to that and then when I got used to it he started coming through directly before that it was just for me um, but anyway I wasn't channeling him for people until two and a half three years ago so anyway the logic of soul is the logic of spirit guides and we're always, as humans, we're always invited by them to learn to trust that what they're doing is actually helpful and beneficial. But some of those things can cause pain. And then our human personalities, you know, if we don't trust or we feel that we can't afford to trust because of that, you know, because we don't want to be hurt again, then that keeps us cut off from guides. So I haven't been cut off from guides much, but I have been at different times very frustrated with them, especially a few years ago, toward the end of that four-year period, when I uh, found out, when I got, when somebody else saw what I suspected but assumed was paranoia, which was this guide focused on relationships was keeping me out of relationships. And and now I can accept certain things about the logic of soul that that guide was supporting. Because things like, at that time in my life, I would have gotten overly attached to somebody who was open to me. And I was having a lot of Pluto in the 12th natally. Uh, my natal Pluto's in the 12th and Libra with Venus. So a lot of fears come up about connection, about being loved by, by the universe, by goddess, by God. And other people, sometimes when your Venus is in the 12th, can be made surrogates for God and goddess, the universe. So I recognize that I would have gotten too attached because my fears about connection were too loud. And I, and I may have, because I wasn't paying attention, and there was a sense of, of desperation in my heart 
for connection. I wouldn't have been discerning about the person to whom I'm connected. I was telling my girlfriend actually the other day something about Venus in the 12th. Um, because we're, we're talking about the aspects to her Venus right now. Her Venus is in Cancer in the 7th. And we were talking about it, and I said something like, um, uh, oh, we were talking about her Eros in the first house, which she hasn't always connected with, but I definitely see the asteroid Eros, E-R-O-S, asteroid 433. And um, I said, yeah, and it's ruled by Saturn, which is in Taurus in the 4th, which is ruled by Venus, which is in Cancer in the 7th. And I was like, what a combo. I was like, I love that. You know, I was like, I love that. And then I said something, and we're talking about personality and and and, and seeing behind personality. And I said that one of the things that Venus in the 12th wants to do is to see the divine in another person. Now that's great, but if a person is attached to as a connection to the divine, if a particular person is latched onto, then that doesn't work. And I realized that that would have been something that I would have done in those years uh, because I wasn't clear, I didn't have objectivity and clarity that I was having a ton of fears about being connected that were coming up. So these things were manifestations of fears I had, and it's taken me a number of years now, it's 2015, to really adjust to that. So anyway, the idea of being connected to guides, if you're not connected to guides, you don't know who they are, with Oralite 23, you may find that you feel a presence or you feel a narrative that's happening alongside or within, threaded within your own narrative, and that would be the logic of guides, the logic of soul as expressed through the input, the nudgings, the, the pushings of guides. Um... As long as I'm on that topic, I want to say something about how guides function. They're not gods, and they don't make decisions for you. They don't control your life. But they're almost as though conscience. They're a constant presence uh, in, your, in your energy field, in your consciousness, that is there to help you. And when you get to the place where you're ready to surrender control over the linear logical mind or the minds the linear logical minds control over all of your life then you find that you're not alone and your consciousness is actually multidimensional and part of that is linked with spirit guides I talk about multidimensionality of consciousness in terms of the multi-life journey and how certain things on the timeline and other lives your soul's other lives we typically call them past lives how they affect you now, and I, I do a lot of work on multidimensionality and teaching about that so that you can understand your emotional makeup and get centered and grounded and claim your life, but also process what is coming up from other lives because that's normal for things to from other lives to, to hurt or that, to inspire desire or creativity or passion or regret or shame. Um, but this the logic of guides is that they are always nudging you toward growth so they can be always with you and even the other night as, as metatron is my primary guide as i mentioned one of the, his tools to work with me because he doesn't talk to me he will stare at me and like kind of put put words in my in my head uh but he doesn't talk to me i know that other people channel him and he talks but 
when I bring him through, it's he's his vibration affects or, or mingles with the vibration of Jehudi, and there's words, there are words. But when he's just talking to me, he'll do it through song, like he DJs sound clips, like songs that are stu- that get stuck in my head. And the other night, I was really frustrated about a minor health issue that really was taking over the day. And I was like, oh my God, what's tomorrow going to be like? And he, and he starts playing Tomorrow from Annie over and over again, like parts of the chorus. So I hear this little kid singing voice constantly in my head. And so part of his job is to be with me, to remind me to be positive and to look ahead. And that was just a very kind of corny but very obvious way. It's not that I'm thinking oh, I should be positive. He's constantly there. So one of my things is, the um, one of my things that I, that I sometimes uh, have to spend a lot of time working on, uh, really focusing on changing, is the positive negative or optimism, pessimism. And if I get pessimistic, he comes in to provide me with, a, you know, an impetus or an impulse toward uh, optimism. So it's a very wonderful thing that guides do but like in that moment, I'm having physical pain. I'm having, um, you know, something feeling like it's going wrong and my brain is taking over and I'm frustrated. And he's just always there saying, hey, here's a positive way to look at it. Tomorrow's another day. The sun will come out tomorrow. You'll be better tomorrow. Just relax. Um, so we have the opportunity to let guides do that, to open up to that. And the way that guides come through for different people um, there are different ways that that comes through, and that's a big reason why I teach the intuitive skills development classes that I do, because everybody's process is unique. Anyway, if you want to learn to work with your guides, you have to address your fears and and remove blocks in your energy field in any way. Um, the intuitive skills development class that I teach is meant to go through your life history, through your chakras and what's cataloged in them, and move things out, help you see the purpose from soul's perspective and from the guide's perspective of why major life events, uh, relationships and choices and illnesses, even physical situations, um, separations, you know, marriages, anything, why those things have occurred, what energetic soul growth purpose those things have served. And so during the course, guidance comes through, but mostly it's the people and the students working on what their blocks are. And I, as I teach the class, every single time, I go through the process with the students. And I'm always amazed because it's a different thing. Because um, I taught it maybe almost a year ago, the last time. And I went through a process and I was able to see some deeper layers of things I'd worked on for years off and on. Uh, and make some peace with things. But this time, uh, we're starting third chakra week now. We just did chakras one and two. Um, I'm seeing new things. And it's it's a really great experience, and so I have to go through the process, but it's new every time. Like, I know the text. I understand what I'm going to tell the students, you know, more or less. Uh, I understand what I add to the, the author of the text. The text is Anatomy of the Spirit by Carolyn Mace. But there's always a new experience for me, and this is a really wonderful thing. And, and I've had that Oralite 23 uh, next to my pillow almost every night for a month. Maybe three or four nights I haven't really looking for that. And I was able to get that articulation clear about 
the guides that, you know, what I was explaining earlier. Okay, so that's it. If I keep going, I'm rambling. <laughs> Here is audio diary number five. Uh, today is uh, March 9th. Uh, again, I think I did a journal entry on Orlight 23 <laughs> early this morning. Um, but a client just wrote me a, um, a subscriber to my monthly service. Just wrote me to ask if there's a subscriber price for the Labradorite pieces that I just started announcing. And I hadn't even thought of that because I have been really, this process of having more crystals be available has happened very quickly in one way. Last year I knew that I would do Labradorite and um, then I was told by Jehudi late in the year about Onyx starting in December and I was like, oh yeah, Onyx and Labradorite. Well, suddenly then there are these other things happening too. So in one way, this process has kind of taken off to have a new kind of life of its own to be a really significant part of my practice, the the programming and charging uh, crystals with energy and then having a variety of them. And at this point, here in almost mid-March 2015, there are uh, five different ones available, Tiger Iron, Red Jasper, Onyx, Shivalingam, and Labradorite. And there are three more in the wings, <laughs> uh, Pink Opal, uh, for opening the fourth chakra and uh, Oralite 23, which is what this whole diary is about. So all these cool things I'm, that I'm experiencing, I'm trying to describe. And um, what's the other one? Oralite 23, <laughs> pink opal. I think there's one. Oh, yeah. Actually, a couple things that I haven't even really gotten into uh, that I haven't even cut up. Anyway, <laughs> it's just really been this fast process. So she writes as her subscriber price. Now her question is a very basic neutral question. She wants to make sure if she has access to a deal that she gets the deal. When I read this email, I have this, um, emotional response. I have this doubt and this kind of dread, and I don't want to write back, and I don't want to think about it. And then, and so I sat here. It took me like 20 minutes to draft a response after I thought about it for like 15 minutes. <laughs> um, and I think that the diff just the detail. I think that um, all the crystals will eventually have a subscriber price, and it's just like a perk I offer. Uh, the subscribers, and I've done that with Tiger Iron. So instead of 33 or 38, it's it's 25. Same with Red Jasper, uh, you know, 25 plus shipping, and it's a perk. You know, they pay every month to get all this original info, and I offer a list of uh, perks as well, and uh, basically discounts and savings on things I teach and things I offer. Almost everything I offer fits in with a perk, a channeled audio and all the paperbacks and all those things, uh, and also channeling events and energy work stuff. Uh, except like sound bites and readings and consultations. I think literally everything else has one. So anyway, so it's a normal question for her to ask. She's been a subscriber for probably over a year, and she has a red jasper and a tiger iron. So, so she just asked this neutral question, and I've oh had this had this dread response, and I realize it's part of the Oralite 23 process, and this um, synchronous uh, series of events that brought me to the Oralite 23, which is in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia in late October 2014, I met a guy named Ross from earthfamilycrystals.com that I probably mentioned in these previous entries. 
and um, I connected with him, and he was very sensitive to energy. He was the most sensitive to energy and articulate about it person I have ever met anywhere. Um, in 11 years of meeting wonderful people who are sensitive to energies. And the example is he walked over to my booth at the expo in Vancouver. He and his wife uh, had their, their booth and were talking a lot about Shungite. But anyway, I met him. He came over to my booth, and he saw the crystals that were out. I had Tiger Iron and Red Jasper at that point, the charged crystals. And he felt the energy, but he also observed immediately which ones had been picked up by passersby. And that blew me away. So uh, like he was able to, to pick up on that level of sensitivity. So he could say, yes, this is charged that way, this is charged that way, but also these four were picked up recently. So that's pretty amazing to me. So I told him I was from Tucson. He said we were going there in February. So I made a point of going to the venue where he and his wife had their booth. And and um, I got there, and I wanted to ask about Shungite. And I ended up getting a few pieces of, of Shungite elsewhere, actually, because I couldn't find him at first. I walked by him uh, twice on two different visits. And it was the third visit I went to the show office uh, and said, hey, where are these people? And the guy told me. And I had walked by there between two visits, not seeing their booth and not seeing him standing there very obviously. I had walked by probably five times six or seven times between two visits to that venue. So anyway, I'm looking all over for certain things, but I kept missing him. So when I finally talked to him, I asked him about the Shungite, we talked about it, and he said, hey, let me put your attention on this. He did, and I felt this real connection with the Oralite 23. And um, as it turns out, it's really um, this process of being connected to guides or having more insight and more connection to their logic, which is what I talked about in the entry this morning, feeling comfortably accepting of their of their input. Um, you know, at different times I've gracefully accepted it, at different times I've had that be a little struggle. Um, but I realized when I was thinking about my response to uh, the subscriber, my client, I realized that this issue about how to price stones has come up since I was talking to Ross when I bought the Oralite 23. And in talking to different people at the gem show, this name of this guy came up a number of times, probably in four interactions with four different people, or different interactions with four people, because I talked to some people twice and they brought him up. And Because I was talking about charging these crystals, and they talked about this guy who does that and, and has a book about this, and he's actually at the gem show. I didn't, I didn't run into him or whatever. Um, and once he charges in his particular way, he charges what seem to some people like exorbitant prices. So Ross was saying to, relative to what it might cost, the raw material might cost per gram. And so Ross was, you know, looked at me, and I felt my guides talking to me through him. And he said, you know, when you charge these, meaning when you program them, he's the first one to use the word program too, as I mentioned in an earlier diary entry. When you program these, you're going to need to price them appropriately. And I had a little sense of dread because I don't want to ask for too much. That's the perception. That's the phrase that comes. I don't want to ask for too much. But the thing is, what I'm doing is unique. <laughs> what I'm doing is magical and unique. And I haven't done research on this other guy. I can't remember his name, but it'd be pretty easy to find out. Um, but 
he's obviously very good at marketing himself and making a case, and he obviously has a very strong sense of self-esteem. I do too, except when it comes to certain things about money. And I've been teaching this class for years, probably four, probably five years at this point. Energy is money is energy. And uh, maybe not that long, but definitely at least three years. And I look at, I teach people to look at, and we use their astrology charts, and do affirmations channeled from Jehudi about love, giving and receiving love, because money is a reflection of that. So for five and a half years, I've had this practice be full-time, and it's gone to that point from being an astrologer to also channeling Jehudi for clients and then channeling Metatron and doing energy work and now crystals, this whole thing and the, you know, introduction, the channeling and writing and then self-publishing of 15 books and, you know, and a, and a couple ebooks And um, so I'm supporting myself. This is actually really hard for me to talk about, which is why I keep pausing and filling in the gaps with explanations. It's really hard, and I'm holding the Oralite 23, my piece of it, that I've had next to my pillow. It's really, really hard for me to talk about certain things about money. Um, not like, like I don't care if my friends and my family know how much I make. And I don't have any problem explaining to somebody why something is priced the way it is. Like, what oh, it felt right after trial and error, or this is kind of the logic. I don't have any problem with that. But the presence of Oralite 23 in my world is driving me to dig deeper into fears about, I guess it's, I guess we, I could say being fully aligned with the magic that is happening as I energetically program and charge these crystals. The Oralite 23 is also different because I'm not going to polish it. At the end of this convo that I had with Ross the one day, he gave me one little piece. And he said, and it was totally through my guides. He's totally connected in this awesome way that is just amazingly awesome. <laughs> um, he said, here, I'll just throw this in for nothing, this other piece, and you can polish it and see what happens. And it turns out I polished it uh, to a large degree. Um, and I gave it to my girlfriend in case she wanted it. Uh, so it's like maybe three quarters of the way polished. There's still some rough spots on it and some divots that I didn't like, you know, really take a ton of rock off to, to make totally smooth. But it's certainly no rough edges. It's a little like, maybe not egg-shaped, but it's a little like smoothed out, smoothed over like a little ovoid or rectangular thing with the, with no sharp edges. Um, and Jillian's not connecting with it. And so I realized it's probably for somebody else. But anyway, I polished that and realized... I really don't want to mess with the other ones, so I'm not going to polish them. So if, among all these things that I'm doing, the Oralite 23 visually stands out too. It looks like a raw amethyst crystal with these different colored inclusions, and some of them have a, a green, uh, a greenness to them as well, some green amethyst, which is really rare, in addition to the pink or purple. So the presence of the Oralite 23 in my life is really disrupting um, how I price things how I price these crystals, how I value, like how I put value on my energy. So this brings up Pluto and Libra fears, Pluto conjunct Venus and Libra in the 12th house fears, uh, Mars Uranus and the Libra in the first house, how bold can I be, how big can I be, how much space can I take up, how loud can I be, 
um, how authentic, how independent, how fiercely independent can I allow myself to be? And people who listen to the radio show and read my blog and read the books realize that I give into that in quite a number of ways. But this thing about money is energy is love, is energy is money is love, that whole thing, there's an issue about love. So this, and this is the hard thing to talk about, but as I, I look at, um, frankly, my messy office, I look at some of the ways that I function on a daily basis, and the Oral Light 23 is driving me to recognize with clarity in this really, vul- it's making me vulnerable, that there are certain things I do that don't align with that higher truth. There are certain things I engage in or I allow to occur or certain ways that I I eat or don't eat or whatever, different things that don't align. And this is really scary because I'm in charge of my life. I, I know that I teach that. But I'm seeing with absolute clarity that kind of... Um, loving backbone of support that guides offer, but I'm looking at myself that way. That, regarding Oralite 23, is completely expletiving profound. So, apparently, I'm in an evolutionary process that will result in clarity about pricing crystals, but that's not what it's really about. And so I wrote, to, I wrote to the subscriber, not to bore you, but this is the process that's going on. And I found myself writing it because she might be interested. You know, I don't know. You know, uh, I didn't want to bore her. I didn't want to, like, dump it on her. But um, I realized I needed to write it out. And I was like, well, I'll just send it. And, um, yeah, so in what ways do I not align with self-love, with integrity? having integrity and treating myself as my guides treat me. Essentially, treating myself as Metatron, who's my primary guide, treats me. And that's kind of scary because I do have certain identities or senses of self or senses of identity that are based in certain routines and preferences. And so now I really need, apparently, it seems kind of obvious, that I need to spend some time looking into those things uh, with with an open eye and a humble a humble eye and an open heart because something some things need to shift hmm. I almost want to cry right now because because uh, I can see I can see it's like it's like if you know somebody who keeps making certain choices that don't serve that person, but you love that person. Like, I'm seeing myself with a certain kind of love that my guides do see me with. And it's hard living with Metatron inside my head all the time sometimes. I don't talk about this often. Sometimes I'll make a joke about it, but essentially when I had Jehudi as my tutor, he wasn't really my guide, but he was a de facto guide. Metatron was always in the background as as my guide for years, and then I had other guides that came in and out including a, my late grandfather. My dad came back for a month, uh, almost a year ago, to help me with some money and love issues. And I thought I had really progressed because he said, you got it, and he went away. Like you got, But he meant you got this step of it. And that was when I went to a sliding scale with my consultations to surrender my attachment to the number 
on you know any number on which I'd uh, put a price for for a reading, and I've changed the sliding scale. I've raised the lower end of it, but it's still it's still you know quite a, it's, it's still a range at this point. It was 60 to 180, and then I tightened it up to 100 to 180 per hour because somebody wrote me and said um, I don't have 60 bucks. Can you come down? And I was mad and I was like no. <laughs> I decided not to make her wrong or lash out at her, but I wrote to her said, I was making a living doing it at 180 per hour. So if, if you can't come up with 60, wait a while, collect those funds, and get back in touch with me. She may have checked my site since then and see the minimum is, you know, and seen now that the minimum is 100 and said, you know, what the fuck? <laughs> she, might have, <laughs> she might have done that. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, the thing about pricing things is always an evolution, but money is a reflection of love and if i you know just honestly if i'm observing a reality that's about not wanting to ask for too much that means that this part there's a part of me that's not open to receiving that so i really need to get to the bottom of that i wrote to this client tonight uh or this uh, subscriber and client i said it's been a month with the ROI 23, it's really driving this. And it may be two to three more months. And you know, honestly, between you and me, it might be longer. There might be like 20 or 30 entries in this diary. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't, I, I intentionally didn't take the ROI 23 with me when I went to, to take a nap today. It's kind of my day off, but I did charge another set of uh, Onyx and Black Onyx and Banded Onyx pieces, the second set. And then I did the website updating and PayPal stuff and, you know, posting on Facebook, whatever. Um, so I did, like, that kind of work stuff. I walked to the post office and mailed, like, eight packages of uh, crystals to people all over. Um, so I did little things like that, but I then I took a nap, and I didn't take it with me. I just felt like, yeah, I want my space clear. So when I came back into my office and I saw it, it was, like, it was reminding me of this. This, you know, so anyway, it's just been quite a... Um, it's been quite a process, and obviously, it's not—it's uh, not done yet. And it's normal for me when I'm working with a crystal. Basically, when I get this invitation to work with a new crystal, it's normal for me to go through a process of change and upgrading and some kind of evolutionary thing before I am free to charge it, like before I am adjusted. You know, before I am upgraded enough and open enough to run the particular frequencies that this crystal calls for, or that Judy and, and or Metatron have said, hey, this is what we're going to do with these. Like with the Onyx, it started in mid-December with Jehudi saying, hey, let, let let's do some channeling on uh, on trauma and PTSD and Onyx. So I typed that out, and that became available on my site, but that was mid-December, or maybe early December when that started. I think it was mid-December. Um, and then it was mid, like late January, when I felt that it was time, basically when he said, yeah, now it's time. And that was after transiting Pluto crossed my nadir, entered the fourth house of my chart. And he said to me, and he says it in that channel document in the, in the January uh, entry, like late January, he says, you weren't ready to charge them. So we we're trying to give you this information and then you were going to go through this process. And then when the time is right, it's right. So in that case, it was like five, you know, five or six weeks before I got the information. And then when he finally told me everything and I had 
emotionally, energetically was ready. With Tiger Iron, I'd worked with a piece of Tiger Iron as I started doing, as I started channeling him for clients. It was a marker, bookmarked his frequency. And so that Tiger Iron, I'm trying to remember, this was uh, December of 2013 when that started, over a year ago. And um, that process was basically him saying, hey, this is what you're going to do. And then I did it. And then, so it was not a lot of time. It kind of like a couple of weeks of like building up. With the Red Jasper, they told me ahead of time what I would do and said, you're ready to do it, but the time will be, you'll know when the day is right to start doing that. So that was not very long either. Like I was kind of getting glimpses of that. Um, same with the Shivalingam. I knew what that would be like. I knew what was going to happen. That was actually the simplest and most straightforward one because I was charging it with basically Metatron's energy. I've used a Shivalingam to access his energy, doing energy work for people uh, for two and a half or so years. So that was not a surprise at all. Um, the Onyx, yeah, it took a little while. But anyway, the Orlite 23 is this really... Oh, and Labradorite. I knew that pretty quickly too. Um, as soon as I got the Labradorite, it was probably five or six months the number of months between when I knew what happened and when I actually picked them up, like bought them. Um, but that process was pretty straightforward too. And I knew what was going to happen. Like these all take energy, but sometimes I don't know what's going to happen until the time is right. With this Orway 23, tonight, one of the reasons I feel kind of vulnerable is because I'm really having to going to dig through um, some fears and insecurities in order to adjust fully to the frequency of this crystal so I can then charge it. That's why I say maybe it's two months more. Maybe it's three months of um, almost daily work with it. It could be longer. But I see now that it's really, its presence is really nudging me to look at those things that don't align. Those expressions in my day those behaviors, those choices that don't align. I already get the energy and attitude that don't align, and I've really cleaned things up in the last few weeks, and my voice is a little more is softer, more gentle, and, and, and uh, less stressed as I've worked with the Onyx and worked on anger. But it's really the Oralite 23 that's helped me relax somewhat and have a little more faith, which is really important for me with Pluto in the 12th, uh, the need to develop faith, to become empowered through developing faith. Anyway, just a lot buzzing around, a lot uh, swirling around, and I feel this is the first of these entries, I think this is the fifth one, in which I feel like I'm not describing or teaching, but I'm opening up to reveal my personal process in a new way. Because I've got, like I say, I've gotten that attitude thing. Like what energy do I want to embody right now? You know, but tonight I'm seeing it in terms of, as soon as that question about money comes up, I'm seeing it in terms of um, the expression, like how my office is. Is it clean? Is it set up the right way? Um, I have actually taken great intentional care to make sure the crystals are, the charged crystals are arranged in ways that work. So they're not, you know, I, I've I've done that. But as far as like some paper on my desk and some like, um, you know, just some stuff like like the, like not being organized, you know. So anyway, thanks for thanks for listening. And uh, 
if you have. Anyway, um, this is the end of uh, entry number five. I'm sure there'll be more, and you know, maybe in the future, I will I will cry, and some wave of uh, self-esteem problems will break. Wouldn't that be exciting? <laughs>this is audio diary number six for the Oralite 23 and I want to um, keep it brief I realize one of those is really long um, a couple of those kind of long um, but I was just going to add some stuff to the to the page uh, and I realized I'd, I'd, I'd been meaning to do an audio diary for a few days to, to kind of wrap this up um, so what happened is I recorded the first five over the course of a month working with the Oralite 23 in the beginning. And you can hear that process. Obviously, if you're on number, if you're on number six, you've heard the first five. Um, but for several months, I did not connect with the Oralite 23 at all. And so I didn't use it. And I kind of went into this heavier emotional space that I did just about everything to attempt to come out of. And it's kind of at the end of my rope with it. And... Uh, just blockages with my work and energy and money flow and also major issues in my relationship because of how I was vibrating and um, everything was everything was related to this and then I re-listened to the five audio diaries that are posted here and I got reconnected with that with that level of vibration picked up my own 15 ounce piece reconnected with it and had this series of epiphanies and that's when I um, spent several days with it I still have it with me, but um, yeah, so reconnecting with that. And so I just want to say something about um, the karmic implications for dealing with stuff. Because what I'm noticing since coming back to it in full force um, over the last week is what I descended into emotionally that was so uh, challenging and creating blocks and a lack of flow is old, old, old stuff. It's been with me my entire life, and I know from doing other life recall and integration and fragment retrieval and studying my my chart from an evolutionary perspective, you know, intensely for years, um, it's stuff that's so deep in my emotional body that it seems normal. So as I teach, you can change karma. Karma is a belief attached to an emotion. When this feeling arises, a thought immediately comes in, and that is uh, the karma. So it's emotion, but it's a belief attached to an emotion. What I've been noticing is what I've been struggling with the last few months since not feeling connected to the Oralite 23 and then coming back on full force is the taking over of my Plutonian pain, the deepest part of the emotional body, the deepest corners and levels of my emotional body uh, are this sense of loss, abandonment by life, not able to have faith, life is working against me, this kind of thing that can keep me in a pessimistic space, which was where I had been for a couple months, and then obviously the resulting problems in relationship and business and everything else. It's so deep, it has felt like it's part of who I am, but it is just karma. The thing with the Oralite 23 is I'm able, as I said in earlier diaries, to, so to speak, float above an awareness of this issue. 
but I want to be clear to people who are going to get oral 823 that you may go in and out of feeling connected to it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because to have a contrast of what vibrations we may tend to align with so that we can choose the one to align with or choose the ones that we wish to be aligned with on a regular basis, that's the core of the human evolutionary, you know, the evolution of consciousness that every human is undergoing. I can feel fear. I can feel anger, resentment. I can feel sadness. I can let it become depressiveness. I can block myself. I can do anything I want. I can choose to be joyful today. I can be optimistic. Uh, but this vibratory cleanup process is not that the crystal's doing that. The crystal is holding space for you to choose what you align with. So I want to be clear that if you work with it every day for a while or have it with you and kind of have this intention of letting it affect you in a positive way, you may feel blissed out for a few hours or a few days, and then you may leave it at home when you go to work or something or misplace it for a few days and not feel that vibration. And you may feel the thing that you want to resolve, release, purify within you coming back with a vengeance, so to speak, like a little depressiveness, you know, before a little pessimism or frustration or pain or grief, whatever. You may find it, you know, welling up so that it seems bigger than it was before. Take that to be a message or an indication that you can align with any vibration. And then when you go back to the Oral Light 23, make a point of memorizing how it supports you in feeling so that if you do leave it later you can recall that and please don't freak out or get scared or upset if you go into that state that rears its head with a vengeance let it be what it is this is part of the key because if you you lose your crystal or you don't have it for a few days or somebody borrows it and forgets to give it back or something, it's all perfect. If you have that fear or that pain resurface, take it as a cue that you need to be aware of what it feels like and then what it in the rest of your life costs to be aligned with that vibration. So the Oralite 23 is, for me, supporting me in healing karmic pain and hopelessness, frankly, by giving me this reflection of what I can choose to align with, but then saying, yeah, there's there, there are different frequencies that are in your space. This idea of purification, I think it's important to work with regarding Oral Light 23, but not to get fixated on some expectation that things can be perfect and totally pure. But the purification idea is, I feel great when I align with a loving frequency. This crystal helps me do that in a very serious way. Those other parts of me still exist. The pessimistic voice still speaks. That's okay. I don't need to fear that if I don't eradicate it, I'll never make progress, or I'll never heal, or I'll never be happy and positive and joyful and light-filled or spiritual or <laughs> evolved or whatever. 
if I think I have to banish the voice of fear and pain, then I'm doing it wrong. So I'm encouraging you to let that be, but to choose the vibration you align with. The first few days, weeks, months, or years of using Oralite 23 are going to be this process of going in and out of the loving clarity that it helps stimulate, the higher wisdom that people tout about it that made me think this is hyperbole when I started reading about what people were saying. So purification is this ongoing process of what today do I choose to align with? People do say it's about it, it, it lends an ability to focus on the positive, and that, that is true. But you can't expect to get rid of the negative. So I just really want to build in for you an expectation that it's great, but you do have to be aware of what's happening in your body. It's not just upper chakras don't yield spiritual evolution, as I say on the webpage. Being all over our fields and our bodies and okay with all of it, including lower chakra, processing fears, past life fears, other life stuff, abandonment issues, whatever it is, pain, grief, loss, heartache, you know, deflated dream, whatever it is, that pure purification idea is about your intention. Is your intention pure? Because if you could get rid of, like your intention and what you're aligning with in this moment, because if you could get rid of the voices of fear and pain, you would be uh, not multidimensional, unidimensional, monodimensional. You wouldn't be a rich, full human who could relate to other humans in the ways that soul intends that we come here to do, to learn through experience with each other. Just like any nor a healthy relationship between two people has ups and downs, your relationship with these inner parts of you are going to have ups and downs. The Roi 23 can hold space for you, especially the way they're programmed, the energy put into them, will hold space for you to repeatedly learn to find the frequency you choose to align with but you can't get rid of the other frequencies and you shouldn't try and you shouldn't put pressure on yourself because you woke up with a negative thought. That's what happened to me yet, uh, this morning. Yesterday and today, I did not sleep very much. And today I w woke up with like some different kind of pain in each of my feet. And I had a bad dream where uh, in which I couldn't succeed, but I was pressure on me to succeed, but like the setup was that it was impossible and nobody else would recognize the futility of it. And I was trying, was working hard, but it wouldn't work. And that's kind of a 12th house Pluto problem that I have had with pessimism and feeling that the universe is aligned against me. And so then I woke up and I was so tired. Anyway, so I had this, not a negativity, but I, I had felt like I lost the inspiration that I had gained in reconnecting, uh, from reconnecting with the Oralite 23 this week after listening to those audio diaries and, and getting back in that space and picking it up again. Um, and I didn't know what the day was going to be like. I wanted it to be good. I wanted it to be better. I wanted it to be happier than I felt. But I just let it go 
and then I'm at my desk and I um, it's it's on my desk with a few of the smaller pieces uh, that will be uh, that'll get themselves programmed soon and I decided to record a, a diary here and so I intentionally sat down and I reconnected with it intentionally so it's okay to wake up in a bad mood or to feel a little snippy or a little pessimistic but you come back to that vibration it's the same exact thing with grounding using a medita the meditation on my home page the same exact thing you might not do it every day you might be in a bad space you might not be open okay trust that there will be an opening when you can come back to it whenever that works okay so that's it for this uh, for this installment uh, thanks for playing and I hope that this has been helpful uh, explaining some stuff about early 23 bye-bye This is the Orlight 23 diary number 7, I guess. Today is July 20th, 2015. A little different diary today because I'm in the process of charging and energetically programming uh, the first set of Orlight 23 crystals. At first, I was feeling not very verbal, so I had no intention of recording something. Sometimes when I'm doing recording uh, or channeling and record a uh, charge sorry I'm a little less verbal because <laughs> this is a really high kind of vibration I'm not used to talking when I'm in this space that's part of the point see if I can maintain both I had no intention of recording anything while doing this and often the beings I channel uh, Metatron and Jehudi will say hey turn the recorder on and capture a bit of that vibration and I say okay uh, but thus far, all the things that I've energetically programmed and charged haven't been this high vibrating, so I'm able to talk. It's no issue. So a little stumbling today. I've been at it for almost 25 minutes. I have a large 15-ounce piece of Oralite 23 that I have used uh, almost all the time that I've used this crystal since early February when I purchased 35 pieces, 33 small ones, one that's a little bigger and then this kind of monstrous one that's almost a pound. I've used this one for my own personal use almost all the time. And it's a large one. It fits in my hand. I love having a large crystal to work with so I can really get used to the feel of it and the energetic contours and how it makes me feel. It's almost like, for me, it's almost louder before I really get to know its frequencies. Not to say that I need a bolder to find the frequency for a new crystal, but it just kind of feels very substantial. I never forget that I'm holding it, you know. I can't carry it in a pocket and thereby forget that I have it. So it's a very, it's a way of getting me to focus on the vibration of the crystal and really noticing my energy field. When I pick it up, when I hold it, when I use it, when I put it next to my pillow and, <laughs> you know, and I cuddle up to it, uh, it's it's noticeable. I'm very aware that it's there because it's a large crystal. So I've also used one of the 33 smaller pieces with a piece of kyanite. When I've done readings and when I've done the radio show the last couple of months, because kyanite, uh, you know, blue stones are said to be good for uh, the fifth chakra, the throat chakra, and that's the channeling chakra. That's about, oh my gosh, corrender and central. 
let me just make sure that I'm grounded while I'm in this space, surrender and control and what we are aligned with. And so I've used a small uh, Aurolite 23 piece with the Kyanite because the Kyanite aligns all the chakras without having to do anything. And that's one of the things that I wanted to, one of the frequencies that I wanted to and have put into this set of 11 Aurolite 23 pieces sitting in front of me on my desk is aligning all seven chakras. I think over time, you may find it with Aurolite 23 on its own, that happening, but it's an upper chakra stone. And so I'm really emphasizing that people are practiced at grounding and really, you know, even if that means spending months or longer with a, a charged tiger eye piece that builds the foundation of the lower three chakras, which must be solid for the upper chakras to function effectively, not be distractible by by uh, different uh, stimulus that gets in the way of clarity, that can get in the way of clarity. So I have used a smaller piece of the Oroid 23, but when I pick up the big one, I really feel I really feel its vibration at this point. You know, as of February or since February, it's become an old friend. Like it's kind of uh, always been with me, or at least uh, always felt that it needed to be. So my feet are flat on the floor, and I am drawing the energy of the earth up into my body. But activating these Aurolite 23 pieces in this way really does activate the upper chakras. One of the things about spiritual evolution right now that I want to impress upon people in a very serious uh, and dramatic way is that spiritual evolution is not about being in the upper chakras and hoping for the best or overlooking what's challenging. As you'll hear in the first six Aurolite 23 diaries that are on my Aurolite 23 page on my website, tdjacobs.com, I have had this experience of whatever pessimism or negativity or defeating or unhappy thought pattern or energy wave that's running through me, when I'm using the Aurolite 23, I don't identify with it. I don't need to feed a part of me that's unhappy. I can observe it with detachment and or compassion and kind of float above it while saying, yeah, my human self has that quirk, or sure, that belief is something that comes up sometimes, but I don't identify with it, I don't feed it, I don't get lost in a vibration that takes me out of clarity. That's one of the biggest benefits of using Aurolite 23. And yet, it will tend to open the upper chakras. So that's why I want people to be grounded in their bodies so that the upper chakras can work. We need to go into the lower chakras to deal with things. So if you're coming across this and you haven't heard those uh, uh, Aurolite 23, the six audio diaries, if you haven't heard me teach about tiger iron, uh, I want you to realize that catch a part of you that may think Aurolite 23 is a magic spiritual bullet that can help you avoid having to deal with what's in your lower chakras that may be discomforting or unhappy making. And realize that it's a tool to add on top of once you've done a lot of lower chakra work, once your heart is open, and once you're willing to speak your truth, kind of first through fifth chakra things, uh, root through throat. So it's not a magic bullet but it provides this definite space. You can hear them kind of clinking together on the table as I move my hand over them, still putting energy into them. It's really quite a profound thing to work with this stone. 
or crystal, I guess. It's more obviously crystal than a lot of the things I do. They look like amethyst, but they have these metallic or mineral inclusions that, that uh, change uh, the colors, that change the color. It looks kind of like dirt's trapped under the surface, but it's very interesting looking dirt. Some of it's uh, uh, shiny, some of it's very interesting looking. So to explain a little bit about this process, I picked up uh, my large crystal to find its frequency again. And I'd been keeping my, my uh, eye on my energy field, keeping a, kind of my ears peeled for when the time was right. This has been building for weeks. A couple of weeks ago when I put the, the Oralite 23 on pre-sale or pre-order, um, I knew that it would come by the end of July because I, I finally understood certain things about my own process in my personal life, how I deal with energy and emotion. And as soon as I got these certain uh, insights about a couple of patterns and I started to make small changes and everything opened up and I got it. And so I knew that this was coming and I talked to uh, Jehudi who, and Metatron and they were like, soon, like don't jump on it, don't rush. But yes, you're right, it's coming around the corner. So today I charged another set of tiger iron, which is a, which is a lower chakra process. Very different, very grounded, earthy in the body. Tiger iron has a lot of hematite in it, iron for the first chakra, the root chakra. And so that's a very earthy embodied experience. I did that. It felt wonderful. You know, I've done that, I don't know, seven or eight times, you know, totaling a hundred different, you know, a hundred stones total. I tend to do them 10 or 15 at a time. Uh, over the last year and a half, I've done that. And, and that felt great. What about my business? Uh, it started, you know, was living my life. And then I felt something start to shift uh, when I was uh, reclining, but not napping. I thought I would nap. I didn't. Felt something start to shift, and I said, "Oh, okay. Uh, let me do all the things I wanted to do before uh, before evening." So I did dishes. I organized some things, and and did those things. And then I and then I came up to my office and I gathered eleven of the stone of the crystals plus mine, including the small one and the kyanite and my large one. And I uh, decided <laughs> I sat down and held it. It was about for about eight or nine minutes holding the large piece of Oralite 23 in my left hand, it is already charged because me living with a crystal charges it. Me holding it puts energy into it. And so the conversation develops over months. As I hold it, I learn about its energy, but I'm also putting my channeling frequencies into it. And then it tells me new things over weeks and months. It's a synergistic process. So if you hand me a crystal, if I meet you and say, hey, tell me what you feel, I will have, you know, two little sentences. Leave it with me for a week, uh, and I'll have a couple paragraphs. Leave it with me for a month, and I'll tell you so many things about it. Because this synergistic, reflective, bouncing off thing, where I learn about it, the more it's charged, it becomes more charged the more I hold it and spend time with it. So held it in my hand for about eight or nine minutes with the other ones on the table and my right hand on, on them. And I started to put a gentle energy in, but it took about eight or nine minutes for me to really feel tuned in to my Oralite 23, to ease into this vibration because I am so grounded. I just did all this tiger iron grounding today, uh, charging tiger iron, which is so much iron, you know, hematite. 
So that part of me, the lower chakras were grounded and open and stable. And so it took me some time to build on that. And I realized that should happen anytime I'm going to charge Oralite 23. I just got that today and that feels beautiful. It feels perfect. Got some confirmation from Metatron who's saying you don't want ever to teeter anywhere. So always start with that foundation. And if you're going to program stones, especially start, you know, especially upper chakra activating stones uh, or crystals, work with the uh, lower ones first. So after about nine minutes, I noticed that I got the frequency and the energy that was coming out of me through my right hand into the Oralite 23 was uh, the frequency that I uh, that provides clarity. I was connecting on the level on Oralite 23's level, right? I was having, I was meeting it, vibrating in that clear space, having that clarity and that that um, peaceful calm of knowing and being able to see far and having peace about things. And that energy then began to flow into these crystals. Months and months ago, I I made uh, some notes on a little some little note app on my phone and I was asking uh, this is <laughs> this is late February and I I had been asking how will I charge these OI 23 pieces when the time is right I'd only had the pieces for two weeks and so I was just beginning the convo and I got some sudden clarity healing across time alignment of all seven energy centers and the third one relaxing into your highest potential which means ending the fight or the resistance to allowing yourself to relax into your highest potential, ending the fight by noticing the fear, the block, the resistance, and floating above it, choosing not to align with it. So these energies have been put into the Oralite 23, and the fact that I was able to do this, uh, I'll admit to you I'm a, I'm a little proud of myself because it's been a frankly arduous process. Today's July 20th. This started on, I think, February 7th or 9th or something like that. So over five months, almost five and almost a half months of negotiating, connecting with this stone because it wants you to see the truth. That's, uh, you know, it brings the energy of a mirror of truth. While Metatron is a very grounded being and the energy is very intense and does relate quite a lot to clearing lower chakras and you know the the the, the Shiva lingams are very Metatron stones and as I do Tiger Iron now he can't help but get in those too I can't turn Metatron's energy off uh, at this point but I don't think of him as an upper chakra energy person I think because he focuses so much on transformation of the foundation because he wants us to, whoops, knocking things over, wants us to uh, evolve through developing clarity, but we can't have upper chakra clarity and wisdom until our bodies are cleaner, until our emotional field regarding the first, second, third chakra, more clean, more clear, less junk from other people, less doubt, regret, anger, resentment, bitterness, abandonment, uh, garbage. That's how we actually evolve. But as I look at the basic message of Oralite 23 as it comes through to me now after five months of, of uh, 
befriending it and adapting to it. It is a very Metatron related crystal because it's about a Metatron brings the the uh, impulse and the challenge to replace a negative with a positive. And that's exactly what the Oralite 23 inspires you to do through not aligning or through choosing to refrain to align with that fear, that judgment, then you actually open things up and things can flow a little better. I also realized in the first few minutes of doing these crystals today, in particular OA23 today, not the Tiger Iron earlier, that uh, I don't need to spend an hour charging things. But it feels so good. <laughs> I love doing it. With the Tiger Iron this morning, I was complete under a half an hour, and I, I usually go a full hour. So I did the full time deepening into it, but it wasn't. I, I realized very clearly it wasn't necessary. Same with these. I want to give you some information about this idea of healing across time with Oralite 23. I didn't uh, explain that, and it's uh, it's really important. So the idea is Oralite 23 can connect you with a higher level of consciousness. In every person, that level of consciousness goes beyond the animal self. It does not focus on and center on the quirks of personality, the ways that you may have been conditioned over time to dislike this, to like this, to feel that you need this, to crave that, to feel fear surrounding situation XYZ. All of those things are constructs of personality that have to do with many, many factors, but Oralite 23 is not about your human day-to-day -day self. Oralite 23 is about aligning your human day-to-day -day self with your higher self. This idea of relaxing into your highest potential. There is a part of you that is always present that you can connect with. Some people call it self or, you know, higher self or soul. A lot of people would call it soul. I think it has something to do with soul, but I think that it's kind of like um, if you could have soul whispering in your ear, but not necessarily in the same room. Because bringing soul through is a very complex process that requires quite a lot more than just working with Oralite 23. But a higher version of consciousness. And for me, it has helped me see the wisdom that my spirit guides are always telling me is wisdom. Like, like even there's something particular in my life that has hurt so intensely that it inspires anger even to think about it, except I'm doing this programming right now, so I'm able to, to not react or, 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 or get uh, uh, pinched about it in my throat or my heart or my belly. But there's this ongoing thing, well, I should say it's unresolved. It's not really ongoing but it's unresolved and it went on for several years and it, it hurt quite a lot and I, I, I seemed 
to find out all the time that I was powerless to do this particular thing that I needed to do. I knew I needed, and I felt powerless. And I found out that my guides were actually working to make sure it wasn't happening, and that would serve my highest good by pushing me into, basically painting me into a corner so certain upsetness or karmic anger and frustration and pain would come to the surface. So overall, it serves my highest good by pushing me in this corner, you know, putting me between this rock and this hard place so that I can resolve something from another life that helped me back and holds me back in this life, keeps me limited, keeps me feeling small. But in order to evolve beyond limitation, you have to experience that limitation limiting you. That's how it works. That's what my intuitive skills development students learn. The logic of guides is the logic of soul, which often defies human logic. The uh, control-based logic of the linear logical mind, the left brain. So this thing I had not been able to forgive or heal or let go of, when I would think about it, I would my energy would rise up into my heart and I would feel pain and I'd get angry and I wouldn't be able to sit still. I might even emotionally eat just to calm the energy down, you know, stop the swirling of the frustration. And uh, that didn't work. None of that worked. And people can say, let it go. People can say, that's not happening anymore. People can say, it's for your highest good. My guides can say, look, it's for your highest good. But it kept hurting and I couldn't let it go. And working with Orly 23 over the last few months, I've been able to see, not just see or hear what they're saying, but I've been able to put myself in my soul's shoes and the guide's shoes. Why? Why would Tom, you know, Tom Jacobs need to experience that, that painful thing? And instead of hearing the words, I was able to own the perspective. And this is profound. This is the only thing that has been able to help me relax in the face of this confusion, this painful thing that I needed to heal. So I still have the issue, but I'm using Orlight 23 to monitor my reaction to it and to be really intentional about how I experience that thought and that feeling. So a part of me from another life, because this is a multi-life issue, this is a karmic multi-life issue, a part of me carries this pain and it's really challenging and really damaging. And it comes up and I in this life can derail myself in response to this pain. So this healing across time thing has to do with not seeing that situation in terms of your personal reaction to it now, but seeing the truth of it. Everything that has to do with your personality is conditioned. Most things that are major in your life now are in fact conditioned from many, many lives. You're vibrating certain things and creating certain scenarios, and then you're feeling in response to them. And then because you feel in response, you might align with a vibration that's painful, and then you recreate it because you're still vibrating. This thing hurts. I don't like this thing. You know, life is a jerk, whatever. Why does a stupid thing keep happening? It hurts so much, blah, blah, blah. So healing across time is in learning to dissociate from these reactions and not in an angry frustrated way but learning to step back from feeding 
the karmic monster, so to speak, from feeding the karmic demon that is hungry for some kind of justice or revenge or validation that what has been done to me hurts so much that I have this anger. Whatever else has happened on the Earth timeline in your other lives, your soul's other lives, often referred to as past lives, it has happened. You cannot change the timeline. But as those energies in your emotional and other etheric bodies, as those energies bleed through and cause you emotional distress now, you can alter your relationship with the reality that these things have happened. And this is a form of getting present, which of course spirit guides your higher self and your soul are all about. You are a divine being having a human experience. You are not the sum of what has annoyed you or hurt you. You are not the sum of your history. You are not what has occurred to you. You are not what you felt a thousand times between the ages of five and 25. You are not what happened to you yesterday. You are not what happened to you today. You are not what you might do tomorrow or what you hope will happen tomorrow. In fact, you are not anything that you do, think, or feel. And using these Oralite 23 pieces, you can adjust, you can sidle up to, you can embody and embrace and carry this vibration, which is a higher vibration, that you can choose to align with whatever vibration you choose to align with without getting suckered into feeding fear, pain, anguish, depressiveness, defeatist, deflating beliefs and karmic threads that are running around in your field. So a thing comes up, and you can say, yeah, yeah, i got to think about that. Or at least, I have had a thing about that. Okay. Without feeding it. It's like somebody offering you the reins of a horse that's going to be really uncomfortable to ride. And everybody knows it. But just because somebody offers the reins, you take it, get on the horse, and you're like, why would I do this? But then you keep doing it, and then there's a story. Instead, somebody offers you this, and you feel the vibration of, I don't want to do that. And you say, oh, no, that's okay. And the other thing, the last thing I want to get into about this is um, this notion of spiritual advancement, raising consciousness. Whenever we work on uh, changing our vibration, right, upgrading how we vibrate, we will become aware of vibrations in the world around us that feel toxic to us and we don't want to align with. Very often when I begin to lead people into intuitive skills development and through coaching sessions, ongoing work over months and sometimes years, it's about raising their vibration and, and evolving consciousness. And almost invariably, people's relationships need to change because they can no longer vibrate in loving unison with other people's sadness or depression or anger or powerlessness. When you become empowered, other people's powerlessness, you sometimes become allergic to it. So if you notice that when working with any of the crystals that I offer, like then you're doing it right. But <laughs> it's working. But realize that you don't have to look at them with any disdain. You don't have to protect yourself against someone's vibration. Just be really clear about what vibrations you want to play with. 
You might even have conversation with people, not in a preachy way, not in a looking down or looking down the end of your nose or something at them, but have a conversation about how things are changing with you and how you're vibrating differently and certain things just don't work for you. Um, you may not need to have those conversations. You may. You may need to take a break from interacting with certain people sometimes. You may see that certain relationships truly need to end or transform because you can't uh, maintain the connection with how somebody else is vibrating. So thank you for your time and energy about this. This is a really, I've been holding these uh, in small groups as I finish this recording and just kind of finishing them off with a vibratory pulse. This has been a really fantastic experience. And I also want to be clear now, the very last thing, for reals, the last thing. As I mentioned in uh, Diary 6, it is a process that you step in and out of. You cannot be in Oralite 23 space constantly 24-7. It's not going to work. But to periodically tune up, even daily check in, have that become part of your new baseline is good, but don't expect to be in the airy fairy upper chakra place all the time and have things work well. You have to do paperwork. You have to clean your office. You have to sweep the floors. You have to think about grocery shopping. So, you know, things like this you do have to do. But to have this in your toolbox will definitely kind of raise uh, the lower the lower lowest common denominator in your energetic baseline and how you how you experience yourself cutting out the lowest lows and and uh, it's not about approaching the highest highs but it's about making the swings or the uh, distance between high and low gradually less over time so life is more stable you can be more clear and you're not as often swept away by those quirks of personality and those things about the monkey mind shaped by karmic conditioning uh, that can get in the way and be uh, so uh, challenging. So thanks again for your time and energy. And uh, uh, go to tdjacobs.com to get an Oralite 23 piece. And we'll, uh, I always offer uh, ongoing support for people with crystals. And so keep that in mind as you, uh, as you consider getting one. Be well. So that's it. You made it. You made it all the way through almost two hours of me groggily talking about my dreams and ex-girlfriends. <laughs> anyway, so also keep in mind that the 40-minute channeled meditation specifically done with and for the Oralite 23 is included with an Oralite 23 crystal uh, during the month of June. And following that, there'll be an extra charge. And as I said, I do email support for everybody who gets a crystal. Um, I love hearing the wonderful stories that people have. Somebody recently said that the Oralite 23 is like um, like reconnecting with an old wise friend, and so having it, you know, having the Oralite 23 all the time is uh, is is the ability to connect with that. So I, I'm really loving this stone, and I'm really loving uh, being able to energetically charge them and offer them to you. So go to tdjacobs.com and be in touch if I can be of assistance. Bye bye.